Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This is your captain speaking. Please be advised that two guests tested positive for coronavirus. It was just all kind of hearsay. Like, oh, there's a virus. There's always something around the world going on. Still not a big deal. You're kind of like, okay, cool. I'll wash my hands. Hello, and welcome to TV Concierge, a podcast on TheRinger.com that helps you navigate the vast streaming landscape. My name is Amelia Wedemeyer, and I host Tea Time, and I am joined by Claire McNear, who is a writer for The Ringer. And today, we're going to be talking about HBO's new, I guess, single documentary, 40 Minutes, um, The Last Cruise. I feel like a chill went down my spine <laughs> when I realized what this documentary was. I was like, oh, yes. no. Oh, no. Yeah. We, oh, no. Like, I hate so many parts of this. But <laughs> it, <laughs> I just not an indictment of it. But no, 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 totally not. But, I, you know, when we got assigned this, I was like, oh, intro is like some cruise that like the Titanic. I don't know. And then I read the description. <laughs> I was like, OK, all right. We're I doing think it, it went slightly better than the Titanic, but probably yeah. not like much, much better. True. True. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Um, do you want to give us a little rundown of I, the the plot? I guess if yes. there is a plot to this. Yeah, I, absolutely. So this is the last cruise on HBO Max, um, and it is about the Diamond Princess, which is um, the cruise that you might remember from the headlines. It set sail from Yokohama, Japan on January 20th, 2020, uh, for what was meant to be a 15-day cruise around Southeast Asia. And it had about like 4,700 people were on board, 1,000 of whom uh, were crew. So it was a whole lot of people and they made it through this cruise as sort of, I, I think that the day that they set sail, there were only a handful of confirmed coronavirus cases in the world. Obviously, we now know that there were many more than we knew at the time, but there was an outbreak on this ship led to the ship being quarantined in Yokohama and ultimately 712 people on this ship um, were infected and there were 14 deaths of that of that group of, of people who were on this ship. So it was it was one of the you know first major outbreaks of COVID-19 and I think for a lot of us especially in the US because there were a whole lot of Americans and and on board um, it was sort of like this first like oh oh my god wait is this a real thing like we sh- we should be worried about this thing it's not just like this thing that happened in a part of china that you couldn't necessarily put on a map that it was a very real international pandemic um yes so you know an uplifting uplifting topic <laughs> 
It truly is. Oh my God. And honestly, I was glad it was only like 40 minutes. I don't know about you, but I was like, okay, this, thank God. Yeah. I think they, um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the kind of structure of it in just a minute, but I think they, they kept it pretty tight. They, they probably could have, you know, padded it out more, but they didn't. It was, it was pretty direct and to the point, which I guess I'm glad, I'm glad about. Right. No, I agree. And what they did was they, if you haven't seen it yet, I guess, um, it was a combination of the archival footage and it was like, you know, people having a good time on the cruise ship because, you know, cruises are fun. And then, um, they did interviews with the the poor staff. I really, really felt for them. And I, and I felt for the passengers, too. I mean, God, I can't imagine that. Extremely scary, like you said. And um, and we got a lot of, you know, the iPhone um, perspective. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, very unflattering angles, which is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it, know? It, was, it was so it was really interesting because I, I kind of thought at first that they were just mimicking this and that it was not the real thing. But I think, in fact, it it really was a lot of different passengers who then they interviewed kind of in real time were, in fact, sort of like doing vlogs of their their voyage on this thing. But also, really interestingly, they, they had a lot of stuff from the crew. And there were a lot of members of the crew who also kind of would make these regular videos for friends back home in, you know, Indonesia or, or India or elsewhere, um, sort of about how they were doing. So it was, it was really interesting to see you know, people who are on the ship basically as as this was actually unfolding. Yeah, definitely. And I found like one of the moments, one of the crew members, I think his name was Day-Day. He was a he dishwasher and he was talking about, I think he was giving a tour with his phone and he was like, yeah, I never am able to come here to this area where all the passengers hang out because we're like kind of re- restricted to... Right like the underground area of the ship. And I was like, damn, that is, that's really just the juxtaposition between the crew members experience and the passengers experience was really, it was kind of tough to watch. It was, I mean, to, to the filmmakers, great credit. I think they, they did really try to not just make this a story about the passengers because of course it was so much about the crew. And, and I believe most of those infections were actually amongst crew members because what, what they do a good job of explaining in this is, I mean, it's not just, you know, the people who are on vacation versus the people who were working though. Of course that's part of it. It's that the members of the crew were kept in, you know, very, very cramped bunk rooms and, you know, one person gets infected and then all their bunk mates would get infected as well. And even as the ship was quarantined in Yokohama, you know, that was passengers being, you know, told to stay in their cabins. And of course we see the, the kind of cringy videos of them complaining about the injustice of being, you know, left in their staterooms. But as that's happening, the crew members still have to keep working. They have to keep going back into these cramped kitchens and preparing all these meals. And of course, you know, we know now, and I think we kind of knew then that it was actively spreading amongst people. And that was one of the worst things you could be doing. Seriously. And they were saying, you know, they showed people like three or four people, crew members to a room. And they were saying like, you know, um, my co-worker got sick, but he didn't tell anyone. And so that's how it like really spread is that these people were not telling each other that they had tested oh, positive. Yeah. It was, it was, was heart, it was heartbreaking. And I mean, there yeah. were, there were, you know, I think it might've been day day, but some, somebody was talking about how people would realize they were sick, but they were afraid they would get in trouble if they said anything. Which and, is just. Yeah. And, and there were various points where crew members kind of 
who were left on the ship much longer than the passengers in the end, you know, were kind of desperately pleading with their local governments to get them off and, you know, make the decision to like, talk to media, which is like a violation of their contract. And they're just kind of doing it because they feel like they have no other way to protect themselves. And it, I, I am very glad that this documentary did kind of get into that because I think that that is sort of a huge Me part too. of this. Oh, no, totally. And it, yeah, like you said, it was the disparity between, you know, uh, the classes and ultimately races was it was really interesting, but it was also just like, I mean, it's just an age old kind of problem, you know, and it was. But like you said, it was it's great that the documentary decided to focus on both of them and kind of juxtapose them together. And again, it was it was like, I don't know if they like intentionally decided to pick the most annoying passengers, but some of the older passengers like. There was one couple named Paul and Cheryl, and he was just like, you know, again, up in the face, camera angle. I mean, I don't blame him. I get it. But he was just like, there's no burger and no cheese on this hamburger. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, okay, Paul. it's it made for like a really kind of funny, though, obviously sort of cringy juxtaposition because you have these crew members who realize that their lives are like actively in danger, right? And nobody is looking out for them. And then you have these videos of these passengers being like, my vacation is ruined. And like, just very like, they're the victims here. Right. Yeah. Yes. And there was another, another couple who, I don't know if you caught, I'm sure you did, where they're like, we teach a ministry for people who want to get over their porn addiction, Jerry and Mark. And there was yeah. like, this one, I don't, I mean, and you know, she was like, she went to the hospital because I think she ended up getting coronavirus. And she's like, look at my cute little Japanese pajamas. I was <laughs> just like, okay. All right. Thank you, Jerry. So it was, it was yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, it's, it was a strange, a strange subset of people. I mean, certainly some of the, the passengers, I was like, why did you agree to cooperate with this documentary? But um, what did you think about, there was, it was, you know, wedged in the, the documentary very briefly, I thought, um, when someone said that there was a rumor going around that the ship, they were going to intentionally sink the ship with all the people on board. That was wild. I, I was, I, that was, I had not read that before. Uh, I, same, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that was actually seriously considered. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, but certainly like would there were not. all these yeah. passengers with nothing to do except for like, Right. Look, you know, just be like kind of angrily in their in their staterooms. And like, I guess a bunch of rumors started to spread. And that was that was by far the craziest one. Um, it was crazy. It yeah. Was, yeah. I don't know. It's just I like just as the virus spread, so did all the crazy rumors, which is like, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you're stuck in a situation like this, you know, but God damn. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think that that one of the um, one of the things that I think is is hard to watch right now, but is sort of worth remembering is just like how uncertain things were then and uh, and were for some time after that. And like, it was not just not really knowing how this spreads, but it was just sort of like, uh, what are we doing? How can it be controlled? You know, how serious is this? Like, is is it just this thing where like, eh, I don't know, you'll be fine. Like, it's it's like the cold, it's like the flu. Or if it is, this incredibly dangerous thing that we now know is is the case. But but I mean, it was just a microcosm of all of that uncertainty and kind of fear. And I mean, obviously some of the, some of that is ongoing, but in in that kind of January, February stretch, it was it was really confusing and scary. 
That's so true. I yes. I mean, I remember thinking that this was only going to be two weeks. I was like, okay, well, see you guys later. See you yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. And here right? we are. Like e- Easter was the target. We'll be totally reopened. Yes. And yeah. Yes. I think one of the, to kind of extend that, one of the things that I found really distressing in this documentary was sort of the, the closing moments of the documentary talk about how the Diane Princess functioned as this really meaningful way for scientists to study how it spreads because it was sort of the first kind of enclosed major outbreak like this. Um, and they they make the point that, I mean, it, it really provided extremely solid evidence of two things, one of which is uh, that it spreads through air, through proximity, and the other is that it can be spread by asymptomatic people. And of course, those things are, are pretty widely known now, but this was, I mean, this was really important new information at the time. You know, it's not surfaces and it's not, you know, it's, it, it's, you don't have to have a fever to be a person who can spread it. Yeah. And then, and then the documentary kind of flashes the pain that shows that in spite of those discoveries and that kind of pretty quickly becoming the the scientific consensus, the CDC in the U.S. still did not make wild, yeah, recommendations to reflect that. So, you know, it was was another month after that before the CDC recommended wearing a mask and another two months before they recommended the the testing of asymptomatic people. And, you know, we we know pretty well how much damage was caused by those things being done really late in the game. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it's, you're, you're just kind of watching. You're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my I God. I could not believe that. I was like, when they added that whole, and it wasn't until months later, I was like, what? I mean, and then there was another point where, and I don't remember, I think it might have been a February conversation with Dr. Fauci saying, like, no one needs to wear a mask and stuff. And again, you know, it was the beginning of this. Right. So I, I get it. But at the same time, it's just like, I feel as if this documentary kind of solidified the fact that you know, people weren't totally, I don't know, they weren't totally distressed out into a way that they should have been and kind of answering all the questions and um, using what happened on the princess to kind of solve the coming problem, which is really, again, that just shows you like how messed up this whole situation has been, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, with that, I mean, it was yet another, you know, thing that's kind of hard to watch. But like, of course, you know, we know that medical guidance changes over time with new information. And there were points where, you know, the medical consensus in the U.S. was that you didn't need to worry about airborne transmission or wear masks or whatever. Um, and, you know, Fauci probably was stating what was then the norm. But of course, it's really hard to communicate that, it's it's not that the you know it's not that the scientists were wrong and you should just be like okay well science doesn't work then it's just that these things change and that has been such a kind of terrible part of the slow fight to get this under control because it's just really hard to communicate like oh i know we said this one thing but now here's what you should actually do and, and this is not a reason to disavow science right it's a reason to believe science and again and now i'm thinking of like you know i was watching some 60 minutes thing where it was like how infectious diseases begin and spread and how there's probably going to be another one. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I just, and I I think again, it leads to the whole, did we really need this documentary right now? I mean, I guess talking about it with you right now is like, okay, I, I understand why they did it and everything. But at the same time, God, this was like depressing. This was a depressing watch. (laughs) 
It was extremely depressing. I We were talking about this just a bit ago before we started recording, but I, I think as hard as it was to watch now and as much as I feel like so much of this is recent history that I, you know, I kind of remembered at least some of the, the big points in this, I think that it is probably meaningful to have this record for the future where where these things are are more distant memories hopefully and this is all you know way back behind us my second thought though the whole time i was watching it i was like i just i know if i'm like the producer of this this documentary or somebody you know the director one of the writers i'm i'm thinking to myself like ooh this is a horror movie i've made a horror movie and so i'm like thinking to myself as i'm watching it i'm like i'm not going to be like this is the scariest horror movie of the year i'm not going to i'm not going to say it. it is it is the scariest horror movie of the year because you know what's coming you know what's coming and i i a thing that i is totally unhelpful and unhealthy is thinking about like, where were you, what were you doing in like February, 2020 or like early March, 2020 before the U S had kind of shut down. And, um, and, and like, you know, the, the packed restaurants you went to and the concerts you went to and, and, you know, just knowing that the monster was just sort of looming the whole yes. time, if not already there. Oh my and God. like, and you feel, and, and this documentary does the really kind of funny thing of, having all this cruise cruise footage, right? So we see all these people, you know, just like dancing in crowded rooms and clapping and singing and shouting like on each other. And it's totally, it, it, <laughs> <yes>. it really <laughs> is. It Grand goes over. through the whole thing. Yeah, where they're like, and then we took, you know, a day trip to China. It was really funny. We <laughs> oh, had yeah, to one of the, wear masks. Right, yeah, exactly. One of the couples I was going to say, they talk about the novelty of wearing a mask. They're like, ooh, we got the real Asia experience right. here. And it's like, oh my God. Oh my God. And there's another couple and they're, they're like, oh, people have been asking us like, are you going to go on a cruise again? And and the woman's like, yeah, we've got tickets for a cruise in June. And it's like, <laughs> that was why I don't think that one happened somehow. That, that was, um, wow. I mean, you know, at first I was kind of like, well, I would have loved to hear more from the, the crew, but honestly, listening I'm really glad they did both the crew and the passengers because like we were talking about, it is a very interesting juxtaposition between both of the experiences. And, you know, I agree. I think it is it's good to have this on record, even though it is disturbing. But, um, man, now I'm just like I'm just like thinking back to different times. And right. Oh, and we're still in it. Right. Like we exactly. are still in it. So it, it is so. it is a tough watch right now. But um I'm glad but, I'm glad somebody has recorded this. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure this will be one of many other documentaries soon to come. But it seems like this one was honestly the perfect amount of time that needed to be spent on this. So well, thank you everyone for listening. And you can find me on Tea Time on Ringer Dish. You can find Claire on the ringer.com. You can also buy her book, Answers in the Form of Questions, all about Jeopardy. So thank you guys. Mm-hmm.